Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. If this is your first time, welcome to the show. If you're coming back, thanks for joining us again. I'm your host, Zanetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And today we're talking about something important to me. You are not alone. I want you to know that, right? And so we're talking about resources on veteran suicide awareness and prevention, and also sharing information on the Michigan chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Joining us today will be Susan Evans, Program Manager with the Michigan chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, and Julie Courtright, Health and Welfare Analyst, the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Also joining me will be special guest, Michael Platy of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency Resource Service Center. And we have a great lineup for you today with great information. So you definitely want to stick around. You don't want to turn that dial. And we'll see you when we come back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Joining me today is Michael Platy. He is a newer addition to the uh, MVAA in the Resource Service Center, and we just wanted to have a chat with him today. So welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you so much for having me, Director Adams. So, you know, today on our show, we're talking about, um, we're trying to spread the message to veterans and their families that they're not alone. You're not alone. And so um, we're, we're going to be talking about some resources today around suicide uh, awareness, suicide prevention, um, and even some, uh, you know, a little bit talking about the uh, Alzheimer's Association as well and some of the things that they can do. But I I know, uh, can you tell us a little bit about like your time? You served in the military, right? I did, yes. I was in the Army Reserves um, for eight years. Yeah, and so I know you, I'm not sure, did you deploy at all or you knew some folks who deployed? Yeah, I did. I did a 12-month deployment to Baghdad in 2009. Okay. And I know that there were, you know, there, you know, within the ranks, they talk about suicide prevention. They talk about letting you know that there are things out there. But a lot of times our veterans don't necessarily access that. And even some of our active reserve members, National Guard members don't access things for them, maybe for several reasons, right? There may be reasons that they just don't want a stigma of reaching out. They may not know the resources or there may be resources that they don't, they're they're not interested in doing that. You know, if they got, there's a quilting thing, you know, event, they don't want to do that maybe necessarily. So um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that there are a variety of reasons um, that veterans especially when they come back, maybe from a deployment, maybe start feeling a little disconnected, maybe from the military themselves and the, uh, itself and the de- their deployment or from kind of their surroundings. I know when I got back, I had deployed with a unit that was based out of California. Um, so I was a cross-level reserve um, deployed. And so when I came back, I didn't come back home with the folks that I deployed with. Um, so just coming back home to Lansing and um, going back to Michigan State, it was a little bit um, of a challenge to kind of assimilate back into civilian life. So, um, you know, I, I just kind of started searching for things to kind of get you back acclimated, you know, just going to the grocery store, just the amount of, you know, variety, those types of things. I think a lot of veterans report, you know, seeing just the change in lifestyle from spending a year deployed and then coming home. And so in Michigan, we're just absolutely blessed with so many outdoor recreational activities. 
And I know that um, around the time I came back, actually, um, in 2013, the U of M did a study with some NGOs and some um, nature groups to kind of see what um, that would happen and kind of the impact of outdoor activities on veterans that were returning home. And they found such an increase in psychological uh, well-being, social functioning, and a positive outlook on life when they do these outdoor excursions with other veterans um, and doing everything from fly fishing, kayaking, um, white water rafting, backpacking, paddling, all things that are available to us here in Michigan. Um, and, and we're just blessed to be here. Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, uh, what really helped me to get back on my feet when I was struggling with uh, suicidal ideations was uh, going, I went to a retreat in Aspen. So I, I left Michigan. Um, it was this free retreat. It was a women veterans retreat, but they, they had retreats for, you know, co-ed men, and it, it just it was just life changing. It was a challenge to me. I got to whitewater raft for the first time and I, I, I thought I was going to die. Um, <laughs> but uh, but, you know, I survived. Thank goodness. And it was just really a great experience to go through that and to say, OK, I survived on the other side. And so, you know, didn't even know when I when I moved here to Michigan that there were so many opportunities out there. And now I know you found an article um, that discusses a U of M study on veterans and outdoor activities and mental health. Can you share what you read? Yeah, so it, it seemed that the veterans that were participating in this extended outdoor group recreational activities had improved mental health after doing these um, excursions. They had like six to 12 folks with them, um, but it wasn't um, focused on counseling or therapy. Um, they focused on just the activities. Um, and so, you know, it's similar to the things that we can do here in Michigan, whether it's from kind of low key, low impact things like rock hounding. Um, there's, you know, some of the best rock hunting in the world is right here in Michigan, all the way to doing things that are incredibly active, like your right whitewater rafting story or salmon fishing, you know, fighting a 20 pound king in the Pierre Marquette River. Um, it's harder to find a, a better rush than that. So there's all sorts of things that you can do both kind of solitude and find some peace or to find that action, but find it outdoors here in Michigan and it does improve mental health. And, and that's what I think this U of M study showed. Well, and there, you know what, there are so many of those opportunities free for veterans, free for disabled veterans, free for veterans with PTSD. It doesn't matter. There are so many of those opportunities here in Michigan and abroad as well. And you just have to kind of find out about that. So if anybody's interested in learning and, and I want to say that it's not just for people that just got out of the military and they're still in their 20s and 30s. It's for anybody. There are opportunities out there. I mean, I I, I saw on that list fly fishing and, and I'll say fly fishing's not for me. I always think that the little hook's going to get stuck in my face, but uh, you know, that might be for you. That might be your jazz. So, um, you know, if you want to find out more information, always reach out to us at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. We can get you connected to some of those things. There are retreats just for women. There are retreats just for men. There are retreats just for fishing, just for hunting, just for shooting all kinds of things out there and they're available at your disposal from several nonprofits and even the VA has a recreational program. So um, I, I just want to thank you for joining the show today. I think it's been a great discussion. And if they call 1-800-MISHFIT, they might get you on the phone. Indeed. Please give us a call. 1-800-642-4838. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Michael. And when we come back from the commercial, we'll be speaking from with uh, Susan Evans. She's a program coordinator with the Michigan chapter of Alzheimer's Association. So don't touch that dial. You want to hear more about what's going on, not with just the Alzheimer's Association, but everyone else as well. So 
Come back with us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Again, I'm your host, Zanetta Adams, director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And joining me today is Susan Evans. She's the program manager with the Michigan chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. She is also a certified dementia practitioner. She has her bachelor's in gerontology and master's degree in adult learning, both from the University of South Florida, and has over 20 years of nonprofit healthcare experience. Thank you so much for joining us today, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. And I just would like to, first of all, just say thank you to all the veterans listening. We thank you for your service to our country. And for those of you taking care of a veteran, we thank you as well. And uh, we just appreciate this opportunity to talk about the resources available to veterans with dementia and their caregivers. That's great information because we have in our state, you know, we're the 11th largest veteran population in the country. We have over 550,000 veterans in the state and over 200,000 of them are 65 and older. So we definitely have um, an aging veteran population who definitely need access to resources. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about the Alzheimer's Association and what you do. Yeah, thank you so much. So we are the Michigan chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. And so uh, I just want to point out that any of the resources that we mention here typically are available in any part of the country. So anyone listening, if you have, uh, if you know other veterans in other states, you can reach out to your local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association for the same or very similar resources. Uh, so you talked about the veterans here in Michigan, and uh, yeah, we know that there are nearly 200,000 people over age 65 and older uh, with Alzheimer's or dementia here in Michigan. Uh, but yeah, uh, so let me talk about the resources that are available. Uh, mainly, I guess I would say care and support. It's an, an easy way to break it down. So in terms of care, one of the, the greatest resources available to anyone dealing with maybe a new dementia diagnosis or a suspicion, or maybe it's an, a, a caregiver who's taking care of someone with Alzheimer's or dementia, is just to reach out to our 24-7 helpline. So that is a nationwide number. Uh, that's the 800-272-3900. And uh, they can route people to our chapter specifically. So if there's something we need to follow up with you on, we can do that here in Michigan. But it's a chance to speak with a master's level clinician who's going to help you navigate your situation. Uh, and people call that helpline for all kinds of things. You can call just to see uh, if there are events coming up. You can call because you don't know what dementia is. 
you can call because you need to find a, a local physician or specialist or maybe a list of home care providers or nursing homes in the area. Uh, but you can also talk through challenges that you're having. So uh, it's not really a crisis hotline, but at the same time, if you're dealing with a really frustrating situation and you feel like you've tried everything, give us a call because uh, we may have some suggestions for you to help navigate those uh, difficult situations. And the other uh, big piece of it is, is our support. So when I say support, we're talking about uh, virtual support these days because we're still doing everything virtually. And uh, we have virtual support groups and education programs. We also have virtual social engagement events uh, because for a lot of uh, people who are early on in the the disease process, they're still able to interact with others. Uh, but those opportunities for social engagement are very limited. And so we offer some things online that allow the person with dementia and uh, whoever else is in their life to have some, some social engagement. So you can call the helpline for any of that information. Uh, and it's also available on our site, which is alz.org slash gmc. And that stands for Greater Michigan Chapter. Uh, we recently combined, so we are just one Michigan chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, but in terms of that support, so we have uh, social engagement, support groups, and education programs that are all being done virtually. And those education programs are very valuable. We recently released some 30-minute versions of them to make them a little easier for people to attend on the go. And uh, there's a, a lot of really good information in there. So sometimes just picking up the phone and calling the helpline and saying, here's my situation. I don't know what I, what I need. Do you know of resources uh, in my area? Am I doing all the right things? What else should I be doing? Um, can be just very valuable. Just um, taking that first step of, of calling us uh, is really the best way to get started. Well, that's great, great information. Um, so I, I, I just have a couple of questions. Um, so one, you know, we hear, we hear Alzheimer's and dementia. What's the difference between those two? And then what are some of the early signs of Alzheimer's? Yeah, great. Thank you so much uh, for asking that because, you know, sometimes we assume that people know. Um, dementia is uh, like the general generic term for loss of memory, loss of language, uh, problem solving skills and other thinking abilities that are severe enough that they interfere with your daily life. And Alzheimer's is just the most common type of dementia. Around 70% of dementia is Alzheimer's disease. Probably the next biggest category is vascular dementia. I think that's around 18% of dementias. Uh, but there are other types like Lewy body dementia, frontotemporal dementia, uh, some of those. Well, that's, you know, that's good information. I'm sure that, you know, they're, you know, we're, we're talking to veterans and their families, caregivers as well. And so uh, understanding those signs, and I'm sure they can go to your website to find out more information about that as well. But, you know, uh, speaking about veterans and two veterans, um, do you think that veterans who experience TBIs or brain injury can be at a higher risk to develop dementia or Alzheimer's? Yeah, research uh, tells us that um, traumatic brain injury is absolutely a risk factor for dementia. And, uh, 
you know, I think it's it's important to mention research uh, because I'll I'll tell you before I joined uh, the Alzheimer's Association, I didn't realize that the Alzheimer's Association is um, the largest funder of Alzheimer's and dementia research in the world, and there is a lot of exciting uh, research coming out that it, that is promising. Uh, but yes, we do know for sure that. Um, TBI can increase your risk of dementia. So yeah, in terms of, of veterans, you know, the other thing that I think is specific to veterans, when you think about Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, you know, it, it robs us of some memories and we don't get to choose which ones. Uh, it's kind of random. And the crazy thing that happens is, is sometimes that loss of short-term memory, uh, yet things that happened 50 years ago, feel like they're happening right now. And for a veteran who's experienced, you know, uh, uh, traumatic stress, uh, think about what that means. So think about uh, memories that have been suppressed for years now become vivid, and maybe they're reliving that every day. So there are some, I think, unique, uh, unique concerns for veterans. And uh, yeah, we just we just want to know, we want veterans to know that we are available to them. So if, if a veteran or their family want to provide, want to find out more about um, how to stay mentally and socially active, how to learn more about who to contact if they have symptoms or, you know, are they, they're concerned about dementia or they're starting to see some memory losses or just where they can get support, um, do they go to your website or call that number to find out all of those different things? Is there something that you don't do? <laughs> we will try to do anything we can to help. Uh, but yeah, our main website is alz.org and our Michigan chapter is at alz.org slash GMC. But that 24-7 helpline, 800-272-3900 is uh, the best place to start. Well, I appreciate your time today. This was great information. Hopefully, if you want to learn more about um, her, uh, about whether you may be experiencing this, you may be dealing with it in your family, or you are dealing with it now and you want to find some supports, you'll give them a call at that 1-800-272-3900 or visit their website. Thank you so much, Susan, for joining us today. Thank you. All right, folks, when we return on The Veterans Perspective, we're going to be speaking with Julie Courtright, who um, will be talking to us about the many different things around health and wellness and quality of life, as well as suicide prevention efforts here in the state. So you don't want to turn that dial. You may have a second to get a drink of water, but make sure that you come back and join us on The Veterans Perspective when we return. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. We are joined by our final guest of the day, Julie Courtright. Now, Julie is a healthcare administrative professional who enjoys opening the lines of communication and facilitating healthcare coordination for the clients she serves. With over 15 years in both hospital and long-term care, Julie has experience in program development, 
strategic implementation and collaboration. Julie holds her degree from Fair State University and certification as a nursing home administrator. Welcome to the show, Julie. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. And I, I definitely need to add that you are, uh, are you you joined us uh, some a few months ago as our health and wellness analyst. So so glad to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk about my role and the work that we've been doing with some of our initiatives to help veterans and their families. You know, I, what I want people to get to know, Julie, and I, I'm so excited about all of that as well. I want people to know a little bit about you as you serve as our quality of life uh, person. So, you know, maybe give a little bit about, I know we talked a little bit about your background, but where your passion lies with helping people and, you know, what your role entails. Um, so I'll kind of start about my passion. Um, ever since I started at Fair State University, they have a awesome long-term care program where I did my certification at. Um, just ensuring that our elderly population is aware of the resources and benefits um, available to them. And then when I was working in long-term care, um, I came across a lot of veterans um, in the facility that I was the nursing home administrator um, and realized that one, they're not connected to their VA health benefits, and two, they had no knowledge um, of some of the programs such as aid and attendance or the fact that their um, spouses could be entitled to benefits as well. Um, so really um, passionate about connecting people to resources, benefits, um, and ensuring that they have the tools to apply um, persistence when needed. And then as far as health and welfare, do you want me to go into that a little bit? Yeah, about? please, please let us let, let everyone know what you do and what your role entails. Um, so within the agency, like you said, I had joined a few months ago, um, really making sure and connecting with um, our veterans to ensure that they're connected to their benefits, health, but then also um, spreading awareness for our suicide prevention programming. Um, we have joined the Governor's Challenge, which we'll talk about um, in some more detail, but really we are ramping up and just spreading awareness um, regarding the agency that we're here, that we have a call center that we can connect um, veterans and their families to programming, including um, key partners, including DHHS, uh, Food for Vets. So just really spreading awareness and collaborating with the VA medical facilities um, and our state partners and other agencies. Well, that's, that's great. And so I, you know, just if we, to back up a little bit, you know, just with your 15 years of, of, of service to the aging population, which, you know, we're all aging <laughs> every minute. We're an aging population, right? But, you know, we talk about our veterans who are 65 and older. We have over 200,000 of our 550,000 that fall into that category. And so what have you seen just over your career um, as one of the biggest challenges to that aging community? Um, the biggest challenge I see is just, especially with our Vietnam era, which is our largest demographic in Michigan, is just they're not aware um, of the benefits that they're entitled to. Um, a lot of them for in the course, um, you have the perceptions, too, of, you know, it was a draft situation. Um, you have those that um, came back that maybe didn't feel appreciated for their service. So you have that that you're dealing with too. Um, but 
just a lot of knowledge is not had about what benefits are available. Um, and that's the big thing too. And a lot of people don't identify as veterans, um, even the elderly, or they say that I came back alive, so I don't, you know, save it for somebody else. So really having to have those um, conversations with the veterans, but also their family members so that they're aware too. Um, just because mom or dad is not identifying as military connected doesn't mean that they're not and that there's benefits available to them. Yeah, I think you touched on a, you know, a huge point is that, you know, we have a large Vietnam veteran population and they weren't welcomed when they came home. And so, you know, as we are trying to make sure that we're reaching each and every individual, whether we're sending postcards out or we're, you know, sending commercials to the TVs because we know that they're watching TV or we're just, you know, coming in contact with them and doing pin and ceremonies to say thank you. There are some out there who are still, you know, they're, they're upset about not, you know, receiving that recognition when they came home. And so really trying to, to reach out to those individuals. And if, if you're one of those individuals, we just definitely want to say welcome home. Thank you for your service. And there are resources and support available to you. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be taking advantage of it because we're here to help you get access to it. And so I, you know, I and, and this goes for those family members of those those veterans as well who served in that population. So this, you know, there's been a change in and how veterans are viewed and and there may be a change again, but we just have to be ready for it. And just just to let you know out there, if you're struggling with, you know, identifying because you you were hurt by your service, you were hurt by the people that you served. Just know that we're not in that same climate and we're here for you. And, you know, just as the title of our show today is you're not alone. And so I love what you're doing in the veteran community and trying to help and and really understanding that health and wellness is so important. You know, that's what this, this show is about is providing some of those opportunities for people to know how to be healthy and how to um, be well. And so whether it's taking opportunities taking advantage of opportunities like recreational therapy or, you know, getting checked to make sure that you're not, you know, uh, er having early signs of dementia, we're here to support you. And so, you know, I, I'd love to talk about just a little bit. We talk about support. We talk about health and wellness. And you've been doing some like crazy things in the last few weeks around vaccines in the state. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing? Um, yeah, so as part of our work with the Protect Michigan Commission, Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, um, we have our veteran chair, Erica Hoover, who's um, my colleague, and we have been engaging with our veteran stakeholders and then our National Guard partners to host um, veteran-centric COVID-19 vaccination clinics. Um, our first clinic was up in Marquette, um, 328 uh, vaccines were administered, and we had um, representatives from our core initiative. Um, we had Food for Vets. We also had the local VA medical facility on site. So we could really engage with those coming in, um, provide information and resources, and potentially connect them to services or just um, simple awareness to the community that you know, there is um, Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, and we are here. We are a central coordinating agency for federal, state, and local resources. 
resources. Um, and then yesterday we had our second event, which was in Macomb County at Lakeside Mall in Sterling Heights. And we did 268 vaccinations. Um, again, same partnerships, uh, National Guard, um, drive-through model it went very smoothly and um, just looking forward to future um, collaborations. We're talking with the local VA medical facilities of potentially doing an event with them and the National Guard. So more to come with that. Well, that's great. And I know that that's work that was not necessarily in your wheelhouse. Who knew you'd be working on vaccine clinics, you know, a year or so ago, but, you know, thank you for that great work. And just to let the the people know that we are looking at health and wellness from all different veins. So we're here to serve you. Uh, when we come back after this commercial break, we'll be talking with Julie a little bit more about what she's been doing, what the governor's suicide prevention challenge is, and what she's been doing around that to help make sure that we are reducing our uh, veteran suicides, hopefully to zero. So, you know, we want you to stick around, but just remember that if you're struggling, if anything in this conversation is triggering, you can always call the VA crisis line at 1-800-273-8255, press 1 or text 838-255, or you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET, that's 1-800-642-4838. See you when we return from this break. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back. We've been talking with Julie Courtright, the health and welfare analyst of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And we were talking about just, you know, different um, things that she's doing and working with us. Uh, different populations within our um, Michigan veteran population on making sure that we're providing opportunities for health and wellness. And so I really want to dive in into uh, kind of what we're doing. It's, it's, it's a big deal what we're doing around the governor's uh, and governor's challenge, which is the governor's challenge on suicide prevention um, and awareness. So I will, I'm going to turn it over to you, Julie, to kind of talk about what that is and what you've been doing. Yeah, thank you. So it's really exciting. So the Michigan Governor's Challenge. Um, so Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency um, is leading the initiative and it's a true collaboration between the Veterans Health Administration and SAMHSA and 
also other many key partners, including DHHS, uh, EMS. Uh, there's just lots of different partners, our National Guard partners, um, but to prevent suicide among service member veterans and their families. So um, it's a really strong program that SAMHSA puts together and they have, it's based off of um, the VA's national strategy to prevent veteran suicide. Um, and it also incorporates the CDC evidence-based practices for suicide prevention. And we have um, three priority areas that we look at. Um, the first one being that health providers and then other community partners will know how to identify service member veterans and their families. Um, so we call that asking the question, have you or a member of your household served in the military? Um, and then they'll have the knowledge and power to make those appropriate referrals for care or services. Um, second priority area with the governor's challenge is looking at increasing access to VA and other resources, um, including peer support. And then our third is uh, working to develop a culturally competent uh, lethal means safety education and resources. So those are our three priority areas that we're focusing on for 2021. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's important, just going back to the first one, that we definitely um, make sure that we identify what asks the question we're talking about. Because when you're talking to a, a group of people that are looking at suicide prevention and awareness, they often think, well, ask the question, oh, okay, are you suicidal? No, we're talking about ask the question, have you served, just like you mentioned, or have you or a family member served in the armed forces? And it's important the way we ask that question, because as we mentioned earlier, not every veteran identifies as a veteran. You know, some believe because I didn't serve in combat, I'm not a veteran, or because I just served in the National Guard, I'm not a veteran. But well, by the, the standards of Michigan, nine times out of 10, you are a veteran. And so, um, and, and you fall under that status for Michigan's definition. And so um, understanding that have you served is the better question is, is something that anybody who's listening, if you're asking that question within your organization, you may want to look at how you're asking it because it's important to people will identify quicker that they served in the military versus whether they're a veteran. I wanted to put some statistics out there a little bit too, before we get a little bit more into what we're doing around that in our, I kind of asked to the community, but you know, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. More than 47,500 people die by suicide a year. One person dies from suicide every 11 minutes. An estimated 20 veterans die by suicide every day. Male veterans are twice as likely as civilians to die by suicide. Those are startling numbers. And we know that looking at our 2020 numbers for Michigan veterans, that we were higher in 2020 than we were in 2019 for suicides amongst veterans. And so we really are working hard. And one of the things that we've identified, you know, and I, 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 I applaud you for all the work that you're doing on this team. But one of the things we've identified, you know, collectively is that the more connected veterans are to services, whether they be federal, state, and local, the lower their risks for suicide and suicidal ideations. And so I can attest to that having, been connected to resources. And, and those resources happen to be human resources. Those were other people who had dealt with certain things who I could reach out to. So, you know, you could be a resource too out there, um, but, and an ambassador and, and an assistant. But the uh, bottom line is, is that we have to get veterans connected to resources. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, that first initiative, asking the question and what what can people do to help reduce this rate so we can be a zero suicide state? 
what can people do? Yeah, definitely. So part of our work with that is we've um, developed a campaign of become a veteran connector. Um, And this is really anyone can connect and make a referral on behalf of a service member veteran and their family, um, because the more connected they are to services, the lower the risk um, for self-destructive behaviors, um, the lower the risk for suicide. Um, So it's just very um, important to spread awareness of how um, you can connect somebody to those resources. And so with this Veteran Connector program, uh, we have developed free materials, um, training, and then also even like website banners that you can add to your business website. Um, But even just as simple as your high traffic areas, um, maybe check out if you're a cashier or, you know, in a bank, Um, definitely just posting our materials and making people aware that there are resources available. Um, They're free, they're confidential, 24-7. You can reach out to someone and get connected to benefits or ask questions um, and just have, we call it a benefits checkup. Um, So it's a great resource, a great toolkit. Um, There's no costs associated with it. Um, and it's very simple to do. It, we can connect you through our 1-800-MISHVET number and just ask for more information on how to become a veteran connector. Yeah, that's great. That's great information. It's, it's, it's great to know that everyone can do their part to help veterans reduce suicides. And we want to make sure that we're reaching spaces and places that veterans go, but that are not necessarily veteran specific or veteran centric. So I'm so excited about all the partners that we've been working with to really roll this out because, you know, when veterans and their families know that there are resources out there and they find out that they're actually helpful resources, then they get the help they need or they keep the information for a time that they need it. One of the other things I wanted to kind of mention is that, you know, uh, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, which is NAMI, and they have a website, NAMI.org, N-A-M-I.org, just uh, recently launched a, um, a, a Siri indicator for their um, iOS phones, which normally are iPhones, but they're, they're their iOS phones. And if you say, hey, Siri, I'm depressed, then it comes up with a, um, with a, uh, a note that says, you know, I'm sorry you're feeling sad or I'm sorry you're depressed. You know, here are some resources that are available for, for you. You can reach out to this number to, to get connected and or would you like us to call a friend or, you know, uh, to get to get you connected? So, you know, people are coming out with resources. They're coming out with opportunities. We are here as a resource at 1-800-MISHVET to help you. Julie is here working very hard on this suicide uh, prevention challenge. I mean, looking at some of the work, we're making sure that we're working hard to get signage and information within gun shops and on gun ranges and in parks and everything so that you know that you are not alone. Now, we don't want to say that as a governmental entity saying we're watching you. No, we're not doing that. But we want you to know that you're not alone. We are here for you. We understand you. We get what you're going through. And so don't go through it alone. I, I always and often say it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to keep it to yourself. So before we wrap up, is there any number that you want people to call again if they want to become a veteran connector, if they want to find out more about resources out there for suicide prevention, if they want to be a part of some of the things that we're doing? How can they, how can they reach out? 
Um, the best way would be to contact our 1-800-MISHVET. So that's 1-800-642-4838 um, and ask to be connected for more information regarding becoming a veteran connector. Um, there's lots of resources available, including um, gun locks that are free. So a real robust toolkit that we can get you connected and set up. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for joining us today. I also want to give a shout out to Suzanne Evans, a program manager with the Michigan chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, and Michael Plady for joining us today from the MVAA. Remember that you can always call the crisis line at 1-800-273-8255, press 1, or text 838-255. Thank you for joining us today. See you next week on The Veterans Perspective.